if I were to ask, do you think life society has changed since the 1950s, 1960s, the era of American graffiti or happy days? or through the 1970s and 80s? Well, the answer would be unanimous. Of course it's changed. It has to change. Or society always changes. What's the big deal? Well, those statements would be true, but the big deal might be how, in what way has society changed from the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s to today? Is this change in society natural on a logical course? Have the changes been manipulated or engineered? Has society been steered or encouraged to change in this manner? Or has it been a natural process with no outside influence? Because the answer to that question could lead to two completely different conversations. One conversation that this is natural non-influence change that society goes through, or if the conversation is, yes, there has been manipulation, influence, and change of society from back then to what we see today. So in this presentation, there are some interesting points to consider. And I was watching an old 1960 video. It was produced by the Iowa Department of Transportation, Highway Department. In one way, it's kind of nostalgic to go back into a time capsule of 1960 with this color motion picture movie presentation provided by the state of Iowa highway department and you get to see the old trucks the old cars convertibles the old towns with the gas stations the old gas station pumps the gas station attendant the diners the restaurants the markets that hug the two-lane highway in this particular case highway 30. So back then you had the diners and you had Shoney's and Howard Johnson's, Stuckey's, truck stops, local towns, carnivals, and life seemed to be at a pace of say 30 to 45 miles an hour, especially going through town, maybe down to 30 miles an hour, two lane. Back then, 
maybe automobiles were starting or didn't really emphasize seatbelts. That could have been an option. Certainly no airbags. They might have had a metal dashboard. Large vehicles, land yachts, full of iron and steel. So being in an accident back in those days was a lot different than today. But you wonder what was life back? What would it be like back then? Some might be old enough. Some might have just been born or weren't born into the late 60s or 70s. But some are still around, remember those days. There's even cartoon movies, such as the series Cars, that Pixar, I believe, presentation of the old days of what cars and NASCAR racing, hot riding was like back in the 60s and 70s. But in watching this movie, and I'll play portions of it in this episode, now from my perspective, and what I know now that I didn't know growing up, I look at this promotional video by the highway department in a different light, a different lens, different angle and perspective, because I think different now. It's very interesting, my take on this video. So I'll play a few minutes of this and you, you can look it up on a search engine. Highway Relocation, Iowa, 1960, and the video will appear. So I'm starting about the one minute mark into this video. The entire video is a little over 16 minutes, but I'll just play maybe eight minutes worth. US 30 from Marshalltown to Ogden is a 55 mile section of primary highway in Iowa that needs to be modernized. It is used in presenting the pros and cons of highway relocation and improvement. Starting at the junction of US 30 and Iowa 64 and traveling west, the road narrows to 18 feet from a 22-foot section south of Marshalltown. Narrow rough pavement makes US 30 east of state center dangerous to cross-state and local traffic alike. Many impediments to modern, safe, free-flowing travel have caused the road to be classed as critical by Highway Commission sufficiency rating standards. The average motorist not only has to cope with the inadequacies of the road itself, but also encounters slow-moving vehicles which are difficult to pass. Towns along the route may be considered by some motorists as a welcome relief to the day's drive, or by others as an interruption to their planned travel schedules. In either case, they must be particularly watchful for intersecting traffic at commercial entrances, driveways, city streets, and alleys. Some roadside developments provide a necessary service to the motorist, but increase the hazard at every access point to the highway.
Traveling from State Center west to Colo, the highway curves north out of State Center. To eliminate features that are not conducive to modern-day safe travel is part of the highway engineer's job and a controlling factor in the overall highway improvement program. The town of Colo is presently located to the south of US 30. Unrestricted access creates a safety hazard. Planned access is provided on new highways in the state and ensures safety to through traffic by locating these services on frontage roads where necessary approaches and exits to the highway are provided at safe locations. Between Colo and Nevada, an overpass-underpass combination slows traffic to 25 miles per hour. This 30-year-old span does not meet the highway standards of today. Elimination of road hazards and modernization of old highways means safety, comfort, and convenience to the road user. It would be an impractical expenditure of highway tax money to modernize these old structures. Gas stations, restaurants, truck stops, city streets, and driveways restrict traffic. Through traffic with no desire to enter towns on US 30 is delayed by a through town highway. A relocation to the edge of town would offer motorists a safe arterial highway and continue to provide the traveling public with convenient connections to the business district. In addition, it would be an asset to city officials in laying out the orderly growth and development of their towns. Recent improvements on US 30 in Ames were authorized after completing detailed studies of traffic movements and volumes. These studies showed that Ames has a higher volume of traffic, up to 18,500 vehicles on an average day, than any town or any other section of highway from Marshalltown to Ogden. Much of the traffic is generated in Ames. Even after removal of through traffic to a proposed relocation, local traffic would continue to be high enough to justify a four-lane facility. 4,500 Iowa State University employees, 700 Highway Commission personnel, university students, business people, plus their families, and area shoppers and workers travel the highway extensions inside Ames every day. It is important to note that these improvements 
will serve as connecting links to any future relocated route. A narrow two-lane highway through the University Business District is the only remaining bottleneck to the four-lane sections through Ames. All right, I'm gonna end it there. It's only a 16 minute video. It's interesting to watch, even if you watch it just from the standpoint of old footage, uh, people's clothing, the classic today, we call them classic automobiles and trucks, the buildings that maybe are still there, probably much uh, have been torn down and new structures that are up. So it gives you a piece of history and for some maybe memory lane. But I made some points. I don't know if you caught this carefully, but you can rewind the video at your leisure and listen to it again. But from my perspective and how I look at life now, listening to this video, I picked up on the subtleties. And I have a translated version of this highway relocation video of the Department of Transportation, Iowa, Highway 30 back in 1960. The narrator had mentioned the two-lane road has interruptions, that at times it can be inconvenient going through townships. Heaven forbid that there's restaurants, diners, gas stations, service stations, barbershops and the like that would make you slow down and actually experience the personality of a local township. Clever words were used as the need to be careful and the dangers of pulling in and out of establishments along this two-lane Highway 30. There's increased hazards, another key word used frequently, of gas stations and service shops along the way. This two-lane Highway 30, that's the lifeblood of small town after small town that represents community, it's not conducive for the general safety and convenience of the population. These seem to be triggered words, especially the last 70 years of modern day corporations and governance, that anytime you hear the word safety and convenience, all the red flags should start going up. Yes, in best interest of safety and reducing hazard, an evaluation was made that there needs to be an improvement. Overpasses and underpasses are not sufficient to the traffic flow of 1960. Heaven forbid, there are some areas you had to even slow down to 25 miles an hour to go under an overpass. A new modern highway needs to be established for your safety, 
comfort and efficiency. Very interesting. Going through small townships on old two-lane Highway 30 restricts life. The fact that you can't get from one place to another in a hurry, that there are four-way stop signs. And in some cases, school crossings. Later in the video, it mentions how children's safety need to be considered because heaven forbid, traffic has to slow from 25 to 30 miles an hour to a stop because school is being let out. What they propose is a new modern four lane highway be installed and it goes around the edge, the outer limits of town. After all, this will help city officials grow the township. It's a much safer and efficient way to travel. You can get to your destination much quicker. And in Ames, Iowa, they have 18,500 cars per day. There'll still be enough traffic, even with this new highway, to allow activity and commerce of the township of Ames. What's well, very interesting, and I'll propose a question in a minute. What this video translates, in no way I would have known or anyone back in 1960, doesn't matter, this could have been 1958, it could have been 1966, it could have been 1976. 1986, doesn't matter. Here's what was really being said. I don't think the narrator knew this. I don't think the Department of Transportation, the engineers, highway engineers of Iowa knew this. But somebody or something did. And here's the point. Back in 1960, the video should have said, we're going to use safety, hazard, efficiency, and convenience as key subconscious words, because we have an objective. And we know if we use safety, hazard, efficiency, or convenience, that will have an impact on everyone listening to this subconsciously. Because here's what the long-term plan is. We don't want townships to thrive. We don't want the mom and pop hardware store to keep open. We don't want the local diner to stay open. We don't want gas stations to have a gas attendant that comes out and cleans your windshield, checks your oil, your tire pressure, and fills up your tank. We don't want you to slow down to 25 and 30 miles an hour with your convertible top down and listen to the children laughing and giggling as they play, birds chirping, dogs barking, or someone saying, hi, Hank, while you're at the stop sign. We don't want that human interconnection. We have a better idea. We wanna build a highway that bypasses a township. 
we accomplished many things by doing this. One is we slowly starve and choke out and kill every small town USA. So there isn't the barber shop, the diner, the gas station attendant, or slowing down as the kids are let out of school. We eliminate all that. We dehumanize and destroy your township. We don't want you to stop and smell the roses. We don't want you to communicate at a stop sign and someone says, hi, Hank or Harold, with your top down. We would rather have you speed up your life to 60 miles an hour, where you're fully stressed, you can't smell the roses, you cannot hear a dog bark, you cannot hear the children laughing, and no one's gonna say, hi, Hank or Harold, because your top is either not down or you're driving too fast to even hear it. And we have a better idea. All the mom and pop hardware stores and the diners and the barbershop and the gas attendants, not only would we like to put you out of business and unemployed, we would rather establish our national franchise restaurants that we own and control, not you. We want you to pump your own gas, check your own oil and tire pressure at our nationwide corporate gas stations. And how do we sell you heart medication and antidepressants if your whole life is down to 25, 30 miles an hour in a township where you have employment security and you know everyone's name? How are we going to push those pharmaceuticals? How are we going to have our national franchises of pharmaceutical companies to sell you our drugs? No, we must build interstate highways at 60 miles an hour that bypass small town USA. We must kill Route 66 to where it only becomes a faint memory or a historical reference in a computer animated Pixar motion picture. That's what we want people to remember in Route 66. We want people stressed out, road rage, traveling at 60 miles an hour, not knowing anyone's name, and funneling all employment and money through our corporations that we own and control. That's what this video is saying back in 1960. So here's the question. Do you think that there are any humans, group of humans, so-called secret societies or elite that are intelligent enough to have forecasted and designed a system to get society so different from 1960 to where it is today, where no one knows what gender they are? You think that's humanly possible? Do you think humans are that smart, but they're also that patient that they can do something that might take three to four generations to accomplish? Where you know if you start this, you're going to be long dead and buried, and it's going to be your great great grandson who benefits as part of the elite group. No, absolutely not. 
they may play a part in this role while they're alive, but it's non-human intelligence that sees this 80, 100, 500 years in advance and slowly and methodically plots and plans and steers governments, corporate institutions to eventually end up where a human no longer knows if they're male or female. To get a society to where their DNA is altered, part organic, part pharmaceutical corporate. Where people are on antidepressants and are debating whether or not to take their own life. Or living for 12 to 15 years before they get transferred and moved to a new location and really never know who the neighbor is six doors down. If we look at the decades in the past and we look at where we are today, do you really think that humanity is gonna become united, peaceful, community-oriented, caring for one another? Fulfill their dreams of being an entrepreneur and starting their own business? Kids being able to learn and play and socialize outside? Do you see that? I don't. You know what I see? I see continued isolation. Everyone wearing a headset in a virtual reality world with a bodysuit, gloves and goggles, interacting in the metaverse and their DNA not even being human anymore. That's what I see. You think that's natural? You think that's what nature intended? Or is this a very clever hundred, if not thousands of years plan by something that's probably not even human? What do you think?